The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jonesy and Brown podcast. His name is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We are in week number three of the NFL season. With week number three, it's, it's big for Philadelphia sports because it's Dallas week. No way to sugarcoat this. There's no way to talk around it. It's Dallas week. Dallas week will always come with expectations. Dallas week will always come with moments of trepidation, uh, angst. Excitement. Uh, what other words? What am I leaving out? Um, irrationality. Irrationality, both well, good and bad. Got both good and bad. Yeah. Let me ask you. You, you see a lot of extremes. Yes. This week. Let me ask you something. What was your first real Dallas memory? Like, do you remember what it was that made you hate the Dallas Cowboys? Oh well. I guess I'll have to age myself a little here. It's no problem. So my earliest football memories were Eagles not being extremely great. Mm -hmm. I was too young to remember the Jaworski years. To really remember the Jaworski years, I was too young. Mm -hmm. Understood, yeah. And then the years that followed, there were some really good defenses. There was very little attention to offense mm. and inconsistent winning. That was true. And during that time, while that was happening with the Eagles, the Dallas football team was actually still competitive and winning games. Mm-hmm actually won a few titles during that stretch. And see, here was the key. Because of the era we were in, you didn't have Red Zone and the NFL channel and the sports package that let you watch all the games from around the league all over the place. You had your basic broadcast channels and you watched your local game and you watched whatever they called the game of the week that week, which was usually a Dallas game or a 49ers game. Mm. And at that point, I decided I'm actually going to not be a fan of, but I'm okay with rooting for the 49ers to win. Mm-hmm. Because I knew they could beat the Cowboys. Oh, okay. That was that was where my affinity for Jerry Rice and all those guys. It was simply because they could beat the Cowboys. Mm. And I'm being force-fed this Dallas team that's in my division. And I got to watch them do the, the triplets and mm-hmm. hear about them. And these fans magically pop up in our area who can't find Dallas on a map. Couldn't find and, it. <clears throat> I am and you got to hear them talk about their rings. And then eventually, as we age, the distance between the current time 
and the time of that last ring got further and further away, but the rhetoric never changed. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of causes that disdain to become more ingrained, you know, to be more, become more well-rooted. It only grows. Dallas fans are annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem is, and, and I, I will, I will say this. I do not know any Dallas fans who are actually from Dallas. I I'm okay with Dallas fans that are from Texas. I've or never, he, or I've even never from met Oklahoma. One. I've never met a Dallas fan from Dallas. I've met a couple. I I, I don't know them. Like, I, 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 I have went, not met. I, I have not college. met one. I went to college with some people from who were from Texas, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, eh, cool. You're from there. That you're that's acceptable fan. I got a cousin in Texas. He's a Houston Texans fan. Mm-hmm. The people I know from Texas were 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 Oilers fans. And, and that's under, if they're in the Houston area, yeah, that makes sense. I, all the Dallas fans that I know personally are from Philly or from DC. <laughs> Maybe you know. Maybe a couple from North Carolina. And honestly, I North Carolina, I, I might give you a pass because you know depends before, on how old you yeah. are. Yeah. If you're if you're old enough that you were a football fan before the Panthers existed, Agreed. I'll give you a pass. Mm-hmm. If the Panthers existed when you became a football fan, there's no pass. If you're a twenty five year old Dallas Cowboys fan from Charlotte, North Carolina. You're a loser. Just like most Cowboys fans. Those, those, see, those, those NBD just... Cowboys fans. You know what an NBD Dallas, uh, Dallas fan is? A Cowboys fan is? What's that? Never been to Dallas. See, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you are a Cowboys fan under the age of, let's call it 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And you're not from Texas, Oklahoma, somewhere in that immediate area. Because I'll give you Oklahoma right across the yeah. river, no pro sports of their own. Yeah. That's but, like a Jersey, any, that's like a, like a Jersey uh, Eagles fan. But anywhere in that general area. Yeah. If you're under 30 and a fan of the Cowboys from that area, not only do I understand, I support you in your fandom. That being said, if you're over 30 mm-hmm. and from it, or matter of fact, if you're under 30 mm-hmm. from anywhere else, you're a complete lunatic because you weren't even, you didn't even you. Just, mm-hmm. because they weren't even winning when you decided to be a fan. Yeah. Like if you're over 30, I'll just call you a bandwagon, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, fair yeah. weather fan. But if you're under thirty and you're not from t- and you're not mm-hmm. from the area, you're just a lunatic because they haven't even been winning since then. Exactly. I mean, here's here's the thing: like Cowboys fans will try and take shots at us as us uh, us being Eagles fans because mm-hmm. of the years of futility that we had, years of not winning a Super Bowl because we do have NFL championships. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll save that debate for another day. But the, the the problem is the, the the issue that I have with that 
and as it ties into what you were saying, like we were pulled in, we were pulled into Eagles fanhood because we are from the city of Philadelphia. We mm-hmm. are from this area. We were born into it. Yeah, we were born into it. Mm-hmm. If you were, I mean, honestly, if you in it because your parents are in it, but and they not from Dallas. You know, you're just continuing the legacy. Yeah, yeah you're just generational. Exactly. Voice. So now you're just choosing to follow. Like if you're under 30 and you're trying to say, hey, you know what? I'm a Cowboys fan because my parents were Cowboys fans and the Cowboys were good when my parents liked them. No, no I don't really want to hear that. That's, That's like saying my parents were cl- clinically insane. So mm-hmm. I'm going to side up to be insane, too. You just following a bad franchise. I mean, let's. I mean, honestly, now, because times have changed. The Eagles have their Super Bowl win, and it's a Super Bowl win that happened this century. That's happened mm-hmm. within the last decade. Within the last five years. Mm-hmm. If your child was in the first grade when the when the Eagles won their last Super Bowl. Your child is probably still in elementary school. Oh, Derek Barnett was a rookie on that championship team, and he's still on his rookie deal. If you were in the first grade when the Cowboys won their last championship, you probably have a first grader of your own at home. Mm-hmm. Let's see. If you were in the first grade then, that would put you in, you're in your 30s now. You're in your 30s. You got a first grader of your own. Very easily. It's like, look, if you can't remember the network your your team won their last championship on, don't talk to me. <laughs> if your last uh, team's championship exists on VHS. Not only were Biggie and Pac alive the last time the Cowboys won a championship, mm-hmm. Biggie and Pac were friends. No, like, but you know, like th- think about this mm-hmm. though. Like seriously, try to find Super Bowl Fifty Two highlights on VHS. Does it exist? No. Because no, you want to know why? Because I can get Super Bowl. I can get Super Bowl Fifty Two highlights on my phone. I have to. I have to emphasize this though. You, your day job is in TV production, mm-hmm. and you don't have access to a VHS tape of. Super Bowl 52 highlights. There are literally people who work at the station that I work at who've never seen a VHS tape. If I were to hand them a VHS tape of the Cowboys last championship, they would look Mm -hmm. at me like, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? However, at the time the, the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl, the most widely distributed means of getting a highlight tape in someone's home would have been VHS. I'm pretty sure the channel that the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl on went off the air at 2 a.m. that night. Mm-hmm. They played the national anthem. They showed a little video of the mountains <laughs> and and the Air Force and, they, and the American flag and the eagle, and mm-hmm. then it went off the air later on that night. Oh, you turn TV on at two a.m. You turn you got TV on, yeah. You got, you got snow. that screen with, mm-hmm. and that one little annoying 
high pitched tone. Mm-hmm. The announced team that announced my 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 team's last Super Bowl are still working for that network. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, whether you hate them or not, however you feel, Al Michael and Chris Collinsworth still work for NBC. All right. Now that we've gotten the pleasantries out the way, a couple minutes before we get out of here, uh-huh. because we, we actually do, we, got a game coming up. We day. have a game coming up, and we actually have a big show. I kind of buried the lead there real quick. Derek Gunn is here. Derek Gunn is going to mm-hmm. be on the show. He will be uh, – make sure you, you check that out. That's going to be later on in the podcast, all right? Derek Gunn is going to talk Eagles with us. But we do have a game to talk about. We got a game to talk about. So, Cowboys week. How confident are you going into this week's game? What did we talk about? What was the word that you just brought up when we started this conversation? Um, you insanity. used the word uh, insanity. Lunacy. Irrationality. Irrationality. There we go. That was the word. I am not going to lie. Week three, we've won a game. We've lost a game. Mm-hmm. Ex, you know, as far as expectations go, you know, it's it's up and down. Major injuries on both sides of the ball. So, honestly, any type of confidence I might have leans towards that irrationality. Okay. You know, I believe, I, you know, I am... Barring them coming out and absolutely crapping the bed. You know, I... A loss would suck, wouldn't be the end of the world. See, here's the thing, though, where this game is interesting for me. What is the strength of the Dallas team so far? Their offense. Their offense, yes. Those, those, Those wide receivers... There's a, Their you know, defense has improved talent this season, but there's definitely still some questions on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, real, real quick, real quick. Let, let, mm-hmm. let me slide something in here as it pertains to what you're talking about and something you and I have talked about before. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. You want to know why I hate the Dallas Cowboys? For, for a reason that you and I talked about for hating the New York Giants. Because the Dallas Cowboys are about to make me hate a Penn State player that I have loved. <laughs> I absolutely loved. Loved Micah Parsons. <laughs> Wanted Micah Parsons. Now, now look. J- JD, now, we, have, we have all the time you want to discuss your hate for players. No, 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 no. That, that is true. <laughs> that, that, that is true. But, I'll, 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 you, know, you, you know, you're right. Well, you're right. You're right. That's I, I, a thing. I, that, I understand that's how you feel. That's, that's I feel the same. I feel the same way. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. That's I a feel tangent. the same way. You're right. But, hate you know, I'm, I'm a hate Michael Parsons, and I don't want to hate Mark Michael Parsons. I understand. I, mm-hmm. I get it. All right, but but I'm back just to try not to even think that way right now. I understand because because right now, you know what what we're looking at is the strength mm-hmm. of that Dallas team is their offense. Their offense. The defense. Their defense. A lot, a lot it has improved. Yeah. It has some improved talent. Namely, that guy we just talked about, mm-hmm. but who might there, be the, there's still some questions there. Who might be their best defensive player? Mm-hmm. Her, and and, and, and you got, got a couple guys out. Got mm-hmm. Demarcus Lawrence, some guys out. Mm-hmm. So 
to the flip side of that, thus far, what we've seen from the Eagles, you'd have to say their strength has been their defense. Mm-hmm. And their offense has been inconsistent and questionable so far. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen some really good stuff from the offense. You've seen some opportunities left on the field from mm-hmm. the offense. So I think your look that makes for a very interesting and unpredictable matchup. I expected start of the year to be to get to week three and say Cowboys are going to roll over the Eagles. I don't necessarily feel that way. I'm not mm-hmm. picking the Eagles for the win. Mm-hmm. I'm not because I think it, they'll ha- they'll have a challenge scoring enough to keep up in the long run. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be an interesting game. Okay, right. I, and mm-hmm. at least my heart is telling me the Eagles have a shot. And you, and if you listen to your heart, where does that fall as far as rationality and being rational? I didn't say I didn't say they're going to win. I said they have a shot. Mm, okay, I will. That's ra- that's mm. rational. That we're, we're on the edges of rationality, but we're still within the confines of rational. Mm-hmm. Early injury early, early injury reports on Saturday said uh, Jordan Mailata missed practice. Uh, possible sprained knee. I'm not sure if he, you know, I'm not sure what his status will be for the game on Monday. You know, I, this might be a situation where the, that extra day might work out in their favor. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of was hoping that Micah Parsons versus Jordan Mailata might end up being that, that trench matchup that, that a straight hand and running used to be. Remember those two mm-hmm. used to just do battle two times a year. You know, I would, and I, you know, I, I I want to see that, but also I wanted to ask you a question real quick. In okay. your in your opinion, given the Eagles season, they played two games. Would you say where do you rank Dak Prescott as far as the quarterbacks they faced so far this season? They faced Matt Ryan. They faced uh, uh, Jimmy G. Where do you put Dak Prescott among those two? Uh, those other two quarterbacks. this point, from what we've seen thus far, I'd say Dak's the best quarterback we've mm-hmm. seen so far this year. Yeah, I, I, because honestly, you know, we talked about the uh, defense being a strength of the Eagles so far. Mm-hmm. And now they're probably, at, at the very least, they're playing the quarterback who's playing his best football at this point. And, mm-hmm. but clearly the best wide receiving core that they faced so far this season. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. So I'm so it's the best offense they've seen this year so best, far. Best best offense. I agree. Best offense. So best running backs, best best receivers, best quarterback. Yeah, it's easily mm-hmm. the best offense they've seen so far this year. So I mean, honestly, this defense is going to be tested. Mm-hmm. This defense will definitely be tested. And honestly, I think this could be a good sign, especially going into, you know, where they have, you know, the following week. Because you're still talking, but, you're still talking about Kansas City the week after. But but the flip side of this is, where would you rate the Dallas defense among the defenses you played so far this year? Probably a little better than Atlanta. Probably a little worse than in the middle. Well, well, I should say a little worse. Worse than San Francisco. 
better, better than, than Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. So you might expect the Eagles to put up a little more points than they did last mm-hmm. week. This is so I, I that, think... that's where I say it makes for an interesting matchup and the Eagles have a shot. No, no such thing as moral victories, but I no. think you're, you're, I think this, this week will say a lot. I think we'll learn a little bit more. Absolutely. We'll definitely have a better picture of where this team is going and mm-hmm. what this team can do after Monday night's game. I agree. All right. Well, look, like I said a little bit earlier, uh, later on in this podcast, in fact, we'll, we'll take a real quick break. And then when we come back, we will talk to the one, the only, the OG in the Philadelphia sports media, my good friend, Mr. Derek Gunn. We'll talk about everything Eagles and get his thoughts on the Monday night game with the Dallas Cowboys. That's all here on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Follow us on social media at BITW Sports and at Jonesy and Brown. Three words all together. Jonesy and Brown. We'll be right back, y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Jonesy, I want to I set this up, all right? I'm going to set this up for you. This is a man I've known. I've, I've known this man for almost 13 years now. He's, he's a he's, he's a close personal friend of mine. You know, at, at some point in time, I've seen I've, I've I've watched this man work. I've watched this man work, and I knew in the back of his mind he was saying, "Man, I feel so much better knowing that I work with John Brown." Well, he's you know what? Let me just stop. But this is this is a good friend of mine. He's covered the Eagles for a long time. This man's name rings out in this city, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us on the Jonesy and Brown show today, Mister Derek Gunn. D-Gun, What's up, man? Now you calling me Mister too? Mister, look, man, man. Mister, what? Look, I, I, see, what? Now, 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 let me. That's the nicest thing you've ever called me. What are you ta- See, first of all, I've always uh, been nice to you. Nicer than anything he's ever called me. Thank you. Thank you. Look, man, I'm nice to both of you guys. I, I, I mean, and are you still stealing people's tweets? No. You still I, out there stealing tweets? Let me tell you something, man. I use D Gun to, to make my name in this city. 
I I I will admit it because it's been years later when me and when, when me and D Gun were on on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I would do and, and there was a method to the madness. D Gun would go out and he would you know he he'd do D Gun things. You know, he'd be out there breaking the stories. He's out there. At the, he's at the Novacare Center. He's he's talking to his sources. He knows his people. You know, doing actual, always, doing, doing actual reporting. Mm-hmm. Now, now I will I will admit I was doing actual reporting too. From the, was, from the comfort of his 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 reclining chair at home. First of all, it was not from the comfort of my reclining chair at home. It was so usually from it was from the comfort of Derek Gunn's chair at the in the newsroom. While so he, was yeah, the, while yeah. he was at the, while he was at the question, because because yeah. you, you you're working in the news business. Yes, yes. So working in the news business, yes. you do have to know the difference between doing actual reporting yes. and citing yes. another reporter. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. No, I, I just wanted to make sure we were clear on. That. I, but I, see, I was, Jones, I was doing all not that. only not only would he steal my tweets and say, according to my sources, he would be sitting in my chair in my desk while he's doing it. I would sit up, you know what I'm his saying? Chair, his his That's desk. double disrespect right there. Sometimes uh, he, some, I hope he didn't have his feet up at least. Oh, oh man, I don't even want to think about them size 26 boats that he got, <laughs> man. man. First even, of all, them things like paddle boats, his, man. I was in his I was in his chair. <laughs> we, used to, we used to call him Flipper. I was, I was I was I was in his chair. I had my feet on his desk. A couple yeah, times man, I even ate it. A couple times I even ate his snacks. But it's all right. But I, you know, I never, I never told him that. But the what? whole, the whole, the whole key to it was, I wanted it so if you followed me and you followed D Gun, as soon as he came up with a story, I would repeat the same story. So it'd be right after it. So if D Gun, yeah, so if D Gun came out with a story and and I missed it and I missed the opportunity, I wouldn't take it. The whole key was like if he if he tweeted something at eleven oh one, I needed to tweet it at eleven oh two. Timing was everything. The timing yes. was everything. So yes. so D Gun will say, Hey, my sources tell me that the Eagles are gonna extend Mike Vick. All right, well my sources told me that the that the Eagles are gonna sign Mike Vick. And then straight I, I up thievery. I wanted straight to, up thievery. I wanted to make it so D Gun would notice. So D Gun would say something to me like, "Hey, man, what, what you doing?" Yeah, you got what you wanted. I would yeah, respond. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, 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 he would engage yeah. me. He would engage yeah. me. And then yeah. so so as you know, as time went on, I, I kind of evolved. Like D Gun would come out with a story like, "Hey, my sources told me that the Eagles are going to trade this player, or they're going to release this player." So I would go, "Well, my sources were looking for me." They couldn't find me, so they told D Gun that they were going to sign this player and this player. So I went. I, I wanted to make it obvious because D Gun would always say, "John, why are you stealing my stories?" And I'd be like, "I'm not stealing your stories." Were you know, you he, no, no, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, no. He was siphoning information. That's what he's doing. I'm over here telling D Gun, like, "Yeah, I got story. You know, first of all, yeah, I'm, right, I'm not, right. I, I, I admit I'm not a reporter. I'm, I, I know I'm not a reporter. I was a studio guy. I'm working the camera mm-hmm. at, this, at, at at Comcast Sportsnet. And stealing. Basically, just flat out stealing. And, and the thing was, like, I, I would... I'm ashamed, JP. Don't be I'm ashamed. I'm telling you, man. Don't be ashamed. That's how I built up my, my Twitter empire. That's how I built up my followers. You and probably steal Jonesy Thunder on this podcast right now, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. With, 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 wow. With no shame. 
Wow, that's a true friend. He's still with you. Hey, look, look, I, <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, I am always the opportunist. I have no problem trying. I have no problem admitting it. You know, at least I'm not lying to your face. Yes, I try to steal Jonesy's thunder. Uh, I stick around because it's always fun. Me has to come back the next week and tell me I was right. So. There you go. Okay, that's worth it then. It, it's worth it. That's worth no, it. No, All right, there I, you go. I, I admit that has happened too. I, that, that, <laughs> I, I, I admit that. All right, Deacon, you're a very you're a very busy man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate you talking with us this week. Yeah, um, our right, Eagles one Eagles are one and one now. Uh, a lot of the momentum they had from week one uh, kind of took a nosedive into week two. Hmm. Wanted to start with uh, wanted to start with the uh, the injury news. What is the latest mm-hmm. that you have heard on Zach Ertz? Well, he's in COVID protocol, and um, you know, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of time, and with them having the extra day uh, to get ready for a game now, that bodes well in his favor. I believe you have to have two negative tests in a span of 24 hours mm-hmm. before he can be cleared to play. So now we're, we're at a point where it's just wait and see. Um, luckily, right now, we haven't heard of any more Eagles uh, testing positive for COVID, so that's a good thing. And Zach was fully vaccinated, and as we've heard, you know, across the country every day. There are a lot of people, especially athletes, mm-hmm. who are vaccinated and who are still testing positive for COVID. So you just have to keep your fingers crossed and everything like that, that, um, you know, it doesn't become a, a pandemic in the locker room and in mm-hmm. the front office, you know, to the point where, you know, and I'm sure every team's worried about this, ever since the NFL sent out that mandate in July, that if uh, you don't have enough uh, people to play a game, when your game's scheduled because of a COVID outbreak, mm-hmm. um, their their goal is they're going to play this regular season within their 18-game format. If you would have to forfeit a game, uh, if you can't make it to a game, you automatically forfeit that not, game. Not and, the, that and the team, yep. yeah, and the team and the individual could get fined heavily uh, for that happening. So I know you know teams across the board are doing everything they can poss- possibly do to keep. Uh, their players uh, in a safe environment. And, you know, still, no matter, as we know, uh, no matter how safe you're trying to be, people are still getting COVID in, in our country. Understood. Now, now, real quick uh, point of clarification. Was Zach Ertz just, do they believe he was exposed to COVID or did he test positive? For months, I believe he tested positive. Okay. And so now they're tracing to find out where who he who he could have come in contact with. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, once somebody is identified as testing positive, then you have to start doing the tracing to see where mm-hmm. it came from. So they're in that process now to find out exactly how he could have come in contact mm-hmm. with somebody with COVID. Okay. Now, he was kind of a story uh he was a story all off season, you know, he right. he had come right. out said he wanted out, said he, you know, he, he he thought he was ready to leave. Now that all seems to be water under the bridge. Everybody seems to be seems to be happy at the beginning of the season. What happened? What what exactly changed the dynamic of Zach Ertz's relationship with the team from the end of last season to now? Well, Zach Ertz never really said he wanted out. He's mm-hmm. always said he's wanted to be a Philadelphia Eagle his entire career. But he knew the writing was on the wall based on uh, discussions going nowhere last year about a contract extension, mm-hmm. the regular season ending, and obviously still no contract extension in hand. So as emotional as he got in his press conference in January, he just felt that his days were over with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, knowing what I know about Howie Roseman, I'm sure during the offseason, 
you know, and plus he was coming off a significant injury that cost him significant playing time. So, um, and knowing how he, like I know him, I know he, he shopped him around, um, trying to get the best deal possible for his team, um, and probably didn't get the offers that he wanted. And so realized that it was in the best interest based on what Nick Sirianni wanted to run in his offense. It was in his best interest to keep a Zach Ertz. His eight and a half million dollars was already figured into an already tight salary cap, you know, and Zach being Zach, you know, the one thing I'll say about Zach is I give him kudos for, he never came out in the media and, and, and trashed the organization like a lot of athletes do. As a matter of fact, he stayed away from the media. He didn't talk in the spring. He didn't talk all summer. Mm-hmm. And he strategically picked his time in training camp when he came out and finally spoke. And by then, you know, he had met with, you know, Lurie, Howie, Howie Roseman, um, and, and basically come to a meeting of the minds that, you know, okay, you know, this is the best place for you to be. And, uh, you know, they kissed and made up and moving forward. You know, that's the one thing I've always loved about Zach. Doesn't hold any animosity. He's not going to be a me person. He's always a we person when it comes to that team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he lived true to form in this particular situation. Do you think the Do you think the new coaching staff played any any role in this? Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. When you look at a new head coach, you know, here's a team that was already, um, you know, getting rid of a lot of proven veterans. And as we heard Jeffrey Lurie say back um, in the offseason, this is a transitional year. Tra- transitional meaning we, we have to get younger to get better. We are strapped under a salary cap because of the number Carson Wentz left us with. So, you know, hold on, people. Hold on to your hats because it's going to be a bumpy ride in 2021. Uh, so, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of wiggle room to bring in a lot of vets like they did in years past. And they knew that going in. You know, so they, you know, they expected this to be a tough year. So when your head coach is trying to get as many good players as he can to help make that transition from the Doug Peterson regime, Doug Peterson way of doing things, to Nick Sirianni's way of doing things, you know, Zach Ertz was a perfect piece to that equation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving away from Ertz a little bit, but sticking on the injury front, yeah. what are we hearing about Brandon Brooks and his, I believe it was a chest injury? Well, it was a pec injury. As I reported during the game, I was informed that it was a pec injury. Now, a lot of times when players get those pec injuries, you know, their season's done. Uh, in Brandon Brooks' case, uh, Nick Sirianni came out and said it was basically a pec strain, which means he may go on IR, but he doesn't have to necessarily miss the entire season. He may miss five or six games, um, which is a whole lot better, uh, especially when you get to the stretch run. Those last four games of the season are divisional games, and they could be pivotal games for the Eagles in terms of you know being in or out of the playoffs. So you want to try to be as healthy as you can possibly be. And as we've seen across the league ever since training camp, you know, prominent players are, are dropping like flies. You know, you look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens, they're down their top three running backs now. You look at the San Francisco 49ers, they lost their top running back before the Eagles game. And now Jermichael Hasty uh, is, is banged up as well for them. And he did some damage against this Eagles team in the fourth quarter. Um, and across the league, look at, look at Carson Wentz. He sprained not one, but both. two ankles. How you he got both ankles, ankles sprained now. How do you spank you know, both ankles? That should mean he's fine. I, no, I've, 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 I've seen sprained. it before. I've seen it happen before. Mm-hmm. You can you can sprain both ankles. So mm-hmm. you know you got to. This is a league where you know, especially since the new CBA kicked in back in 2011, when when practice time was reduced drastically, the amount of time you could practice. You know, I've had people tell me that 
you know, the, the way they're training now is, is counterproductive to a body getting ready for the rigors of a, a full slate NFL schedule. When you, when it went back in the days of Andy Reid and even Chip Kelly, you know, when you practice those double practices, you, you had time, ample time in training camp for the bodies to harden up and get ready for the collisions week in and week out that you were going to endure in a regular season. Now, man, it's like these guys hardly break a sweat. Hour 15, hour 20 minute practice and you're done. And I understand why with the volume of injuries they're having out there, I understand why you're trying to preserve preserve uh, players now. You notice a lot of teams, including the Eagles, they don't even play their regulars in the preseason anymore. Now, some teams, you could tell, like Green Bay, they came out of the gate against New Orleans and it looked like they hadn't practiced all summer. And then you look at a team like the Eagles, they came out against Atlanta and looked like they had played 25 preseason games. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that smooth. So, you know, it, it affects different teams differently, but that's the nature of the beast. And so you try to protect these players as much as you can because you don't know week to week how long you're going to have them. Now let's move. Now let's move. Let's we're sticking with injuries. Talking yeah. talking about Brandon Brooks. Let's talk about the other Brandon, a man you've known uh, you know pretty well, Mr. Brandon Graham. Right, right. Uh, it's it's a shame lost for the season. Correct. Correct. He is out as I reported uh, both during and after the game. It was the a ruptured Achilles. Uh, he's out for the season. Uh, you know, he's 33 years old now, um, but he's still the heart and soul of that defense. I wish there were 1,600 Brandon Grahams in the National Football League. And when I say that, I mean in terms of attitude and character, yes. the way he conducts his business both on and off the field. No matter what anybody says about him negatively, when he steps in front of a camera, you won't know that. He's always smiling. I mean, this man always has a kind word for any and everybody he encounters on a practice field or in the locker room. I've seen him time and time again talk to media people he had never met before, like they were his best friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that you know, especially when you're out of town media and you're trying to fit in, um, you know, a, a guy like that is exactly what this organization wants when you talk about high character individuals. Mm -hmm. And then when young players come in, it's like passing the baton and they see how he conducts his business and they understand if you want to play for this organization, then you need to conduct yourselves like a Brandon Graham and a Zach Ertz. But I know, I know he's hurting, but you know, he's still smiling. Matter of fact, um, you know, he, he injures himself on, on Sunday and on Monday he's over at Chickies and Pete's doing, doing this radio show on Monday, mm -hmm. you know, but that's the kind of guy he is. Instead of shying away from the media and sulking and feeling sorry for himself, he's still out there laughing and talking and have a good time. And that's why I said, Initially, I wish there were 1,600 Brandon Grahams in the National Football League. It would make our jobs a whole lot easier. It, it truly would. And when, yeah. I, when I heard that story about him coming out and doing his radio show the next day, right. it, 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 right. reminded, right. it reminded me of a time when we were both at uh, Comcast Sportsnet. Right. They had the morning show, uh, Breakfast on Broad. We right. used to have brand. We used to have Brandon Graham come in on Mondays after the game and do mm -hmm. like a, a post-game wrap-up. And right. one of the things we used to talk about breakfast on broad was unfortunately just during that time that show was on the air, all four teams were bad. Right. Right. You know, Sixers, Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, all bad that time during that, that show. But Brandon right. Graham would come in and he would come in after a loss and he would talk to us, meaning yep. not, not just, you know, not just robbing the guys on the air, but he would talk to the crew right. and he right. would truly talk to us like he let us down. 
Right, right. right. The Eagles lost. Like, like he'd come in, like, apologizing to us. Like, you know, the, 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 like, hey, man, we, you know, we just didn't get it done yesterday. Sorry, y'all. And we sitting over there looking at him like, you know, you, you don't owe us anything, bro. You know, right. you, you don't went out there mm-hmm. on the field doing your thing. But that's that's always what I took from him. You know, that's the kind, that's the kind of guy he is. So when, right. when I would see him interact with D-Gun, and, you know, although, I, you know, I, I, I try to be calculated in all the praise I heap on D-Gun, but D-Gun's a real dude. So, you know, it, when you see those two interacting in, in the in the post-game interviews, that, that's true stuff. You know, that's that's who BG right. was and that's who Gunner was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 just like to, I just like to have fun, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be as informative as I can possibly be. Um, I always said I don't want to be equal to the competition. I always mm-hmm. want to try to be a step ahead of the competition. And you can't always be ahead of the competition. You know, mm-hmm. other people have their sources as well. They get some, I get some, and, and so be it. But the one constant I've always wanted to maintain is being as honest and forthright as I could possibly be. And I would have, not just with Brandon Graham, but I would have, I don't want to use the word confrontations because they were never confrontations, but mm-hmm. in all the years that I've covered, not just football, but sports in general, I would have people come up and say, hey, D-Gun, I heard you said this about me. And then I said, okay, I've never said anything um, that you haven't already said. Mm-hmm. Or tell me or tell me in my statement where I was wrong. And they would say, you know what? Yeah, man, you're right. And players respect that. You know, some players get some, – some media people get confrontational and just want to defend their story or their show. I mean, I'm like, tell me where I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, man, I'm, I'm mad enough to apologize. You know, and nine times out of ten, we say, you know what, D-Gun, you're right. You're right, dude. <laughs> and we move on from there. And they respected that. And, you know, when when it was time to pass the baton, when they knew they were leaving and other players were coming in, and new players are overwhelmed by a big city, they would ask, the play, hey, man, who's, who's the dudes you can trust in the media and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. By, the, by the grace of God, I was always one of the names that would be mentioned. Hey, you can trust this dude right here. So, you know, that's all I try to do. And that's what I still try to do. And we appreciate it. And that's why you're so well-respected in this city. Yeah. Now, real quick, with Brandon Graham out, that is the, the pressure is going to be on Derek Barnett. You know, it, this is this is a topic that Jonesy and I have kind of talked about when right. we talk Eagles. Because I right. feel like we've, we've wanted, me personally, we, I have wanted at some point for Barnett and Sweat to grab that brass ring and solidify themselves as, you know, the edge rushes of the future and the present. Right. You know, and here it is. You see Brandon Graham. You know he's get, you know you know he's getting older. You know right, right. you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning. And it's like, all right, this, when I see him go down, okay, this this is Derek Barnett's time. Mm-hmm. And, I don't think I don't think he'll grab the brass ring. Um, mm-hmm. Number one. Because of uh, injuries, you know, you, you don't you know how long you're going to have him on the field. Number two, he continuously makes these same mental mistakes time and time again. And I think it speaks volumes when you look at the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, Josh Sweat gets this contract extension mm-hmm. and Derek Barnett has not gotten one yet. And I still think the Eagles feel the jury's out on Derek Barnett. I don't think he's lived up to being that number one pick they thought he would be. I mean, he's a little smallish uh, for an edge rusher, but then again, you look at a number of teams, you know, guys like Von Miller of uh, Denver, they're not that big. You know, it's how do you, how you utilize the assets God gave you. And he, you know, every time Derek Barnett shows a sign of turning the corner and being that upper echelon pass rush, all of a sudden he disappears mm-hmm. um, because of injury or he doesn't play consistently enough 
to be an impact in a game or, you know, he gets noticed for, for doing something negative more so than positive. So I think the jury's still out on him with this organization. And, you know, as, as of right now, you know, don't be surprised if he's not with this organization in 2022. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Question about another guy who is going to be called on to step up. You know, the NFL mantra is right. always next man up. Right. Landon Dickerson. We didn't mm-hmm. get to see much of him in preseason as he's working his way back from injuries right. before he got here and right. then thrust into action last week against the Niners, how confident are do the Eagles seem to be in his ability to fill in for Brooks going forward? Well, we, we heard uh, Nick Sirianni saying his day after press conference that uh, Landon Dickerson, you know, he's got to clean up some things, pass protection and assignments. And when you consider he didn't have much of a training camp at all, mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised they threw him in there instead of Nate Herbig. You know, Nate Herbig's, you know, he has more experience as a pro. Obviously, he's a square one like everybody else in Nick Sirianni's offense. But I thought just because Herbig um, had uh, more NFL experience and knew how to handle situations maybe better at this level than Landon Dickerson, that he would be the guy in. But such was not the case. Obviously, the Eagles coaching staff, Jeff Stoutland and those guys, see something in Dickerson. Obviously, when you draft a guy who was injured in the second round, knowing that he's injured, um, you don't do that by fluke. And one thing we can say about the Eagles, they they love their linemen. They They love to draft in the trenches you know, and get their offensive linemen. So obviously they feel Landon Dickerson is going to be something special uh, before it's all said and done. And, you know, for a guy with limited practice, limited reps, for him to leapfrog past uh, Nate Herbig, it tells me how much they think of uh, Landon Dickerson. And so he will continue to get his feet wet by trial and error. And there's another situation where a lot of times it's better to learn on the field than it is in the film room. You know, um, you, these guys, Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, uh, Jalen Rager, you know, you, you, they're still learning. Mm-hmm. They're still growing, hopefully maturing in the right direction. Landon Dickerson can now be added to that equation of this youth movement the Eagles are trying to make uh, for, for not just this year, but next year and beyond. Now, how, how does that play out in the locker room with the, the already established veterans? It, it mm-hmm. seems like this is a team – I think the one constant we, we've seen, one of the constants we've seen over two weeks is they are mm-hmm. committed to the youth. You know, Devontae mm-hmm. Smith getting burned, Quez Watkins getting some burn. Now you right. now you see Dickerson over Herbert. How does right. that play out? How does that play out to the veterans? Is that something that they don't care? Long as long as um long as he he's holding his job down, mm-hmm. long as he's doing his job, they don't care. Now when it comes, it, it, let's say that he had pre- replaced a healthy Brandon Brooks, mm-hmm. that might have caused a little tension. Like, hey, what are they doing? This dude is a pro, perennial pro bowler. Mm-hmm. This man's only allowed one QB sack since he's been here, and they gonna put a rookie in this place who hasn't. Pre- See, that might that might cause some tension when you talk about Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. and Lane Johnson. But Brandon Brooks isn't available now, so what are you gonna do? We don't care who you put in there, long as this dude can hold his end of the bargain, and we don't have to babysit him. That's all we care about, you know. So obviously, Landon Dickerson is their guy right now. All right, now, now you you've seen a couple of these coaching regimes. You've been here. You were were you here for Ray Rhodes? I was here for the last year of Ray Rhodes. Now, okay. was he? I got here in '97, so Ray Rhodes was here two years. 
Wait, mm-hmm. yeah, they hired because they hired Andy Reid in in 1999, mm-hmm. January of 99. So I was here for two years of Ray, uh, two years of Ray Rhodes. Okay, so you you've seen right the Ray Rhodes era, you've seen the right. Andy Reid era, the Chip Kelly era, the Doug Peterson right. era. Right. It, 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 like what now that you are now into an, another head coach? Here's here's right. Nick yeah. Sirianni. What mm-hmm. what differences so far have you seen in how this team operates and how he does business? Well, he he wants to be one of the guys. I mean, when do you see a coach wearing T-shirts with his players, mm-hmm. you know, characters on them and numbered, and players gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. But he has also shown that not only can he be your buddy, but he can also be a disciplinary when he has to. Training camp, you know, a number of times he pulled Jalen Rager aside to correct him. Um, I, time I was out there, he stopped practice and told him they were having a bad practice, and let's get let's get this right. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, players like that. Players respect that, you know, treat him like a man, but you know, you can also be their buddy. Also, you want, you want to be able to, in this new age era of co- of coaches, which is getting younger, you want to have that coach who can say, feel like he can have a player come into him, into his office and talk about any and everything, um, not just football, but, but life in general, you know? Um, and that's hard to do. The old school coaches like the, you know, the Bill Belichick's and guys like that. Hey, you play the game. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the days of Chuck Knoll and, and all these guys, you know, those days are gone. Now everything is we have to we have to treat these players differently now, these new era players differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of guys I talk to, old former players, I always ask them, hey, why don't you want to be in coaching? He said, man, I want to coach these players today. Because, see, you, you got to coach them individually now. Some you can yell at, some you got to pamper. You know, you know, whereas back in the day, just 10 years ago, one get yelled at, they all get yelled at, you know, mm-hmm. and you move forward. There were no hard feelings. Now, you know, these kids might start pouting and stuff and shut down. Hey, like, what? <laughs> You're getting paid as professional athletes, mm-hmm. you know. So so it, it's a tough road to hold. But Nick Sirianni has done a great job of winning over the, those guys in the locker room. You know, when you've never been a head coach, you're coming in here and you're taking over an, an entity that has pro bowlers and multi-million dollar uh, athletes, you know, they're going to look at you sideways a little bit. They want to hear what you have to say. They want to see how you're going to implement your strategy. Mm-hmm. And Nick Sirianni did a great job of coming in here, setting a positive tone, trying to fit in with the boys, and also having that fine line between player-coach. And the players have the utmost respect for that. So you're you're in the locker room. You're watching the players buy in. They're telling you that they're buying right. in. Right, now, right. You you are also you know you're a veteran reporter. You've been in you, you know you've been in that press room. Are you, are you trying to say I'm old or something? We say no, veteran. Eight people no, say you're yeah, a veteran no. reporter. Why? What does that mean? It mean Y'all got one foot in the old. grave or what? No, what are you trying to no. tell me? You're not, no, not old. I'm over the hill, but not down in the valley. What are no, you saying? Not, not, what are you yeah, saying no, here? See, see, come on, huh? man. No, not, not no. I wouldn't say old. Let's say seasoned. Wow, seasoned, seasoned. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a that, no. That's that means that, that means you have a wealth. You you have a wealth of knowledge. All right, I'll let you slide on this one. Right. You, see, you see how I worked that though, Jones. You, you, you see that? I'm staying out of this. One. <laughs> but 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 nonetheless, you've you've sat there. You sat in front of now a, a host of different coaches, and you sure. and you've worked alongside other people who've sat in front of a host of different coaches. Do you feel like? Like Nick Sirianni kind of he kind of got a bad rap off his first uh, press conference. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. kind of questioned him and 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 kind of took some 
threw some shade on him for how he conducted his first press conference. We heard a lot of rock, paper, scissors, jokes, right, right. things like that. Right. Let me, let, let me, you know, go ahead, finish your question. But I, I guess my question is, what has changed from then till now? Like, like uh, a, a comfort, a comfort level uh, of being around the players, around the organization, and in front of the media. Imagine what it would be like for you if you mm. come from a market like Indianapolis, mm. where you are second in command in the offense. You're not the head guy. You're mm. second in command. You've never been a head guy before. You're coming to the fourth largest market in America. Okay, you come and you've heard everything you've heard about Philadelphia is these fans are no joke. They don't play. They love you one minute. They don't love you the next minute. They're very passionate, very knowledgeable. You go from having maybe 15 to 25 reporters in your face to now you're in a, a medium where 60, 70 at any given time could be in your face. Now, luckily from him, most of the business is conducted by way of Zoom you know, and, and stuff like that. But that's overwhelming. Then you come into a situation where the coach, Doug Peterson, left unexpectedly. The quarterback left unexpectedly and you heard about all the tension between the quarterback and the head coach and the new direction and all this stuff and i guarantee you before he stepped to the podium for the first time to address the media back in the spring he was he was groomed by howie and jeffrey and the pr staff now if they approach if the media approaches you on this subject this is what you say here or you know what if they ask you this deflect it towards this way that's a lot for a new head coach you know got 38 years old swimming in his head to think about well number one i'm just happy i'm happy i finally got to be one of 32 guys in a small fraternity of head coaches in the most prominent sport on the planet the national football league number two i'm coming into a very tense situation here and i've got to ease this over and win people over at the same time and went over the front office and and let the owner and the gm know that they made the right decision in hiring me and, and things like that. And I've got to be careful with what I say. i got to be on my P's and Q's. That's a lot. That man's heart was probably up in his throat <laughs> the first time he stepped to the podium to speak to the media. But, you know, he got through it. Everybody made jokes about him. Some people chastised him. But as he moved on, he got better. And he's a lot better at it now, as you see uh, after two games with his uh, day after press conferences and even his press conferences right after the game. <clears throat> All right, well, we know we don't have you too much longer tonight. You're a busy man, so we're going to get you out of here soon. But before we do, I have to ask, what is the sense we're getting about <coughs> how we how we feel about Jalen Hurts' progression at this point? Uh, we know he's not a finished product, but as a young quarterback, <coughs> for me specifically, the one thing I kept saying that I wanted to see was not – so much what his ceiling was when he's playing at his best, right. but more so how consistently he can play at or close to that ceiling. So I know we're only two weeks in, but what kind of sense are we getting about how they feel about Hertz's progression so far? Well, they're, they're happy with him being a student of the game, um, a workhorse, a, a, a guy who is nonstop trying to learn. But I think um, the, the, the one thing that can be constant about Jalen right now is he is a work in progress. You know, he went from completing 75% of his passes the first game to 52% the second game. He only has six games uh, as a body of work in the National Football League. I don't think you can truly judge him as a quarterback until most quarterbacks, I would say most um, two or three years into their careers. 
if they stay in the same system. Let's face it. This man had four games in one system and now two games in another system. So it's unfair to thoroughly critique him right now. He went from playing an Atlanta defense that we learned was a sieve mm-hmm. to a 49ers defense that we knew was a stout, rugged, physical defense. And it showed. The 49ers were a much uh, tougher test for Jalen Hurts and for Nick Sirianni than the Atlanta Falcons were. So, you know, as you continue to move on, hopefully you've learned, you're learning lessons as you go. Nick Sirianni talked about, you know, things he learned about um, calling better plays, putting players in situations uh, to succeed and not fail. Jalen Hurts the same way. He's going to learn the little nuances of the game. Um, his athleticism can only carry him so far. And then you'll start to see in this offense, you're going to start to see defenses scheming to keep him in a corral more as you saw the 49ers do. So the word is going to get out. Just like with every quarterback, here's how you play a Jalen Hurts. You know, when you look at some quarterbacks, you know, a Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers, you can try to defend them any way you want. They're going to get theirs, you know. But that came with a wealth of experience. This is a young quarterback still learning his way. And so Jalen Hurts is, is going to he's going to be good. I, I'm not, not ready to use the word great, you know, because it's still a long ways to go. You know, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get his completion percentage up. He's got to win some come-from-behind wins, so to speak. you got to get some of those under your belt. And then let's have this conversation at the end of the season when he's had a full body of work to discuss, you know, what do we think of Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback. All right. Well, before we let you go, it, it is Dallas week. Yeah. It, it oh, is yeah. Dallas oh, week. Yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is Dallas week. And no matter it's no matter how the teams are doing right, at right. that time, you, you know what it is when it's Dallas week. Right. With this young team, do you are do you feel like they grasped it? Do they understand how important this is to the fans and like what is the mindset early on going into the week? Uh you know, the forty ers game is behind them. Dallas mm-hmm. is ahead of them. First divisional game, you're in a three-way tie for first place. You can go 1-0 and in the division if you win this game on Monday night in hostile in territory. I expect the Eagles, the fans, uh, to, to support the team and be down there strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas Cowboy fans are going to be jacked up for this game. And don't think Dallas, the Cowboy football team, is not going to be ready um, to, to play this game. Because if you look at Dallas, now their defense is still a work in progress. They have better pieces to the equation. I like their linebacking core with that kid Michael Parsons in there now. But they still got some work to do. Yeah, they've still got some work to do. But their defense is better than what it was a year ago. They should have beaten Tampa Bay in that opener. You know, um, there's there's no question. The the kicker left seven points on the board, two missed field goals and an extra point. They would have won that game easily, okay? They rallied, and they beat a decent Chargers team on the road. So Dallas is going to be ready for this game. I, I think it's going to be a great game. This young Eagle and see Dallas. Most of Dallas's players have been in this particular rivalry before, so they know what it is. Some of these young guys have not been in that type of environment yet, so they're going to learn what it is, you know. And you know, but no matter what happens, it's the third game of the season. It's not the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, if the Eagles go down there and win, great. That's a great momentum builder for them. If the Eagles go down there and lose, if they're competitive like they were against the 49ers and lose, it's still a great momentum builder and an educational tool as they continue to move forward, you know. So it's not like game three is costing them the season, you know, no matter what happens in that game. But I expect it to be a good game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because Dallas 
is arguably the, the best trio of receivers mm. in the game. If if Michael Gallup plays, they arguably have the best trio of receivers, receivers in the game. And it's going to be a long night for that Eagles secondary. That front had better get some pressure to, pressure on Dak Prescott. Mm. Well, it's going to be a long night for that secondary. All right. Yes, if it, it's the third game of the season. So, no, the season's not lost. It's not, you know, a requiem of the season. But a, a, right. a, there's never a situation, there's never a time in the season where, right. where a loss to Dallas doesn't suck. I know. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. And it'll hurt people for a while, and eventually they'll get over it. You know, and I'm not sitting here saying uh, mm. the Eagles are going to lose a game. I'm just no. saying I know the nature of the beast when it comes to Eagles fans and their hatred for the Dallas Cowboys and the city of Dallas and all that. But I'm just putting it in its proper perspective. Mm. That you know, win, lose, or draw, it's game three of a season, so it, it stings for a while. Then you move on to the next one because the next one is a heavyweight game yes. against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. So you better not be licking your wounds too long because Patrick Mahomes mm. and that offense is coming to Lincoln Financial Field it, it can, on a short week, yes. and the Eagles have to play them on a short week. Yes, it could get ugly real, real quick. Yes, all right, yeah. Derek Gunn, tell people where they can find you. Where can they find the great wow. D Gunn? You, you, how, how much time do you have? You have all the time in the world. Wow. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, you, you know, I hope everybody checks out the Gun on One podcast. Yes. Um, my latest podcast uh, will have Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer on it. Um, you know, we recently celebrated the one year anniversary of Gun on One, and mm-hmm. it's doing well by the grace of God. I'm also uh, co hosting a show called Odds On on CBS3. Sunday mornings, 8.30 to 9 with my man Rob Ellis. And then right after that, I have a three-hour pregame show on 97.5 with Devon Givens and various guests. And then after every Eagles game, I do a two-hour postgame show with Mark Farzetta, John McMullen, and Devin Caney. Uh, we call it it's uh, the Jacob Media Sports Network. It's called a Live Postgame Show on the YouTube channel. That's just on Sundays. That's all my, That's how my football Sundays are. You know, um, I do my podcast during the week, and I'm doing a couple of shows for the Eagles as well uh, for their digital side. So I'm keeping pretty busy. Plus, grand, plus being a grandpa, mm-hmm. babysitting a grandson, and my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, who just had a girl, said, well, you know, when I go back to where my, my oldest daughter and her husband are, are ends. Mm-hmm. And so they say, well, you know, you and mom are going to have to take care of her on these days. I said, wait, I, what? I, I got to do what? So now I'll be babysitting two grandchildren oh, periodically the week. So... So yeah, you, you I'll, tru- I'll, I'll load it. You, you truly are busy, busy the hardest man. working man around here. I know. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, my wife tells me constantly, well, since she's the only one with a full-time job, I need to do more housework. So before so before I got on your podcast, I was in the kitchen cleaning up the kitchen. You know, I, hey, look, man. Hey. Hey, D goes, well, I'm, I'm a versatile guy, man. You know, I grill, I fish. I clean up. Yes, that's right. I vacuum. I mop floors. I do it all. Man, I babysit. You know I, what I'm saying? I proudly tell people that D Gun truly is the second best griller in all of in 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 all of Philly in, in all of this area. Who's first? Oh, you you talking to the Who, first? Who's first, man? You 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 talking to the first? Man, nobody went your your store bought barbecue, man. Whoa, Come on, whoa, man. whoa, whoa! Come on, hold whoa. up, man. And, 
Hold up. D gun. Hold up. D gun. Anytime you want to bring your boiled uh barbecue ribs over to the crib and you want you want to put them boiled. You want to put you your boiled? you want to put your what? boiled meat up what? against Smoke Force One. The the challenge has always been open. It's been there. Hold on, man. You know, just because you got your little talking toy smoker, all of a sudden you think you're ready. You think you're ready to step up. You know, you think you're ready. To, you know, you went. You know, you know, you talk, so you talking about grill. You talking about big green eggs over here. You got your little Snoopy grill over there. You know, you want to talk smack? Really? Look, sir. Really? Any time. That's how you are. At any time, any place. We can lay no, it man, all out on what? the table. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass you in front of your family. See, that's the thing. Because they'll say, but Dad. Dad, you told us you had the best. Mm-hmm. We didn't know your we didn't know your barbecue sauce was just ketchup and pepper. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. See, see, here, see here, here's the problem. Here's the problem, man. I don't want I don't want sauce. Everyone everyone in this city loves D Gun. Everybody loves D Gun. He is a popular person. I don't want to be the one to end the legend. I don't want to be the one that says, hey, man, whatever happened to you D-Gun? You stole my tweets for years. Why not? You were stealing my tweets for years. I didn't steal them. I, I endorsed them. That's what, what I did. I endorsed them. That wasn't that wasn't thievery. That was an straight endorsement. Up, straight up thievery. I Look, man, you still here. Straight I'm still here. Up thievery. All's mm. well. It ends well, D-Gun. Look, man. Uh, Look, 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 you know what? We family, man. Exactly, you know, you exactly. that you that stepbrother. I, I, no, I ain't gonna say that. No, I can't go there either. It's all right. No. La- ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is the great Derek Gunn. Derek, you are always welcome on this show. Even if I'm you you know, you're always welcome on this show. Whenever you want to come back, but it's gonna be a couple of years uh, before absolutely. we bring this, this man back. On this yeah, show. man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And anytime I can fit it in, I'm happy to do it for you guys. Man, we appreciate uh, you, man. Thank, thank you, you, man. Great to have you. All right, man. Y'all stay blessed, bro. All right. Uh, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the great D Gun. Make sure you check out this podcast. Make sure you download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just go to uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, and search Best in the World Sports. Remember, you can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports, at Jonesy and Brown. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Thank you for checking out the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Check you guys out next week. Peace, y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this more, go to samcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brand Brand.